nobody has an actual strategy for word of mouth. You've got a marketing strategy, you've got a content strategy, you have a social strategy, you have an ABM strategy, you might have a crisis strategy, sales strategy, hiring and recruiting strategy. You've got, you got a whole desk full of strategies, but nobody has a word of mouth strategy. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Flip My Phone Podcast. This is the uh, beginning of 2019. We are talking about a lot of incredible guests coming in. So we have CEO of HubSpot, and then we have six-time NFL player. We have somebody who runs community. We have like all incredible different folks. And I wanted to bring in someone that I have a lot of respect for and who has been on a podcast some time back, the one who wrote Hug Your Haters, Utility. If you haven't read those books, those are amazing. But he came up with his new book called Talk Triggers, which is all the rage right now. So Jay, welcome to the show. Fantastic to be here, my friend. Thank you for having me. I've not played in the NFL, nor have I founded HubSpot, but I'm going to do my best to hold up my end of the podcast here, brother. <laughs> I think it is a pretty high bar, but I know you're really good for it. So first of all, it was fun doing axe throwing in, uh, in Toronto when we did that. Who uh, knew? That was the first time I ever threw an axe. That was at the uh, big Connex conference that Uberflip and, uh, and my company convinced to convert co-sponsor. It's fun, man. Axe throwing is it. And I, I, now I keep reading all these articles that axe throwing is like the new hipster thing to do. And it was a good time. It was a great time. And, you know, well, one thing I talk about in the podcast all the time, and, I, and sometimes I do give you credit. <laughs> I try to give it all the time. But the, the part that you said that was so good that I still rings in my brain, and I hopefully that is one of the, the first or big takeaway for everybody, is that you said every touch point, you, you are building your brand or crushing your brand, something along those yeah. lines. And, yeah. and I think that was so good. I would tell my sales team and marketing team all the time, like, hey, guys, we, you know, just because we send a newsletter on Wednesday, that shouldn't make you feel like it's a routine. You should feel a burden on your heart that is this going to inspire somebody? Some, is somebody going to take action? We should be worried about like this touch point we're sending out to them. And, and I think that was a, a big statement for me and something that has truly made me think about every touch point we have with our customers and future customers. Yeah, Scott Stratton describes that maybe even better than I do. He calls it the, the pulse of your brand mm-hmm. and that everything that you send out or every interaction that a customer or a prospect has with you either increases the pulse or decreases the pulse. There, there really is no such thing as neutral. Yeah. And I think when you think about that, you know, people send a lot of email, obviously, especially in the holiday season, as we just experienced. It's like, oh, it's December. Let's send 18,000% more email just because it's December. And the thought is, well, if we send another email, well, you know, who cares if they could always just delete it or they could not open it. But every time you send an email that they delete or don't want, it's, it's just lowering that pulse a little bit. You know, it's maybe it's just 1%, but 1% times 10 is 10%. And all of a sudden you got an issue. So, uh, you know, this idea that there's no harm, no foul uh, is, is, is not true. And that's why my team gets, you know, I drive them crazy with, hey, make this better, make this better, make this better, make this better. You know, they're like, well, we're already pretty good. I'm like, I know, but we have to keep making it better. And, and you know, I know that uh, it's frustrating sometimes, but, but I think that's the way you got to go about it. No doubt, no doubt. So let's talk about talk triggers. You, sure. I know you have been on a multi-city tour. You've been doing this, I think at this 
specific talk seems like you have been thinking about it for a lot, much oh, longer yeah. this year. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and that's a couple of things. I first started writing about this concept in 2011. I went back and looked at it. I found, I found like, what was my first blog post about this? It's 2011 at convince And I kind of come back to this idea of, of word of mouth and intentionality and word of mouth strategy for a number of, you know, sort of every six months or so, I'd write about it a little bit. And then when I said, oh, it's time for a new book, I, I realized, geez, you know, we have all these clients are, are asking us the same question, which is, we feel like we've got a pretty good handle on the mechanics of social, the mechanics of content, but we don't really know what to say. Mm. And I was like, man, here we are 2019 and, and people don't really have a handle on their story. So I said, well, what if we, we sort of didn't worry so much about the technology, but instead worried about what are we asking our customers to talk about? What story are we giving our customers? And so I started to pursue this idea of uh, word of mouth strategy more vigorously, teamed up with my good friend, Daniel Lemon. And as I always do, and the reason you, you think about the speech is that I do it a little differently than most authors in that I do the speech first. So I create a presentation, take that presentation on the road and work on it and work on it and work on it. And when I feel like it's good and I feel like the audience really gets it, then I turn it into a book. Whereas what most people do is they write a book and then they write a speech based on the book. I write a speech and then write a book based on the speech. And so that's why I've been talking about word of mouth on stage a lot longer than on the page. Yeah, I love that. And I know there are like specific things that you, and I was looking at some of the slides that you have presented mm -hmm. on it as well, where, you know, you talk about you have to be remarkable, you have to mm -hmm. be relevant, you have to, yeah. and, and, and all of them are like, you must do that. And I thought that was really interesting because you are not someone who would repeat something if it's not that important for you. But you had that, that phrase that said, you must be remarkable. You must create something that's repeatable. You must. Yeah. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? Well, I'm really comfortable saying that, as is Daniel, for, for a couple of reasons. First, uh, let me just break this down for, for the audience here on this show. 91% of B2B purchases are influenced by word of mouth. So, of course, you want to use ABM, you want to use content, you want to use all those things to, to help people make the decision. But nobody is going to make a decision. They're not going to actually give you money unless they have checked you out with somebody who was already a customer, mm -hmm. period. It's just the way it works, right? So B2B or B2C? B2C is a little less. B2C is 50, 60%. B2B is 91% of all purchases are influenced by word of mouth. So fundamentally all purchases. Yeah. Here's the part about that that blows me away. And frankly, the reason why this book Talk Triggers exists. Nobody has an actual strategy for word of mouth, right? You've got a marketing strategy, you've got a content strategy, you have a social strategy, you have an ABM strategy, you might have a crisis strategy, sales strategy, hiring and recruiting strategy. You got, a, you got a whole desk full of strategies, yeah. but nobody has a word of mouth strategy. We just assume that our customers will talk about us. We just assume that they will tell our story. But why do we think that? Like what raw materials are we giving them to, to tell that story? We're just leaving them up to their own devices, which for something that's that important to me, that is way too hands off. So what we did in this book is give people a very consistent, proven, reliable, achievable framework for doing word of mouth on purpose, because right now, everybody's doing word of mouth on accident, if that. So the, the key to this whole system is, is that you have to have a talk trigger. And a talk trigger is a strategic operational difference that creates conversations. It's something that you do differently that your customers notice and talk about. So it's not 
really marketing in the classic sense, right? It's not a contest or a coupon or a promotion. It, it is an operational differentiator that obviously creates marketing advantages. Yeah. But it's not really marketing. So one of our favorite examples in the book from B2B is the guys at Uber Conference, right? You probably know Uber Conference free, free uh, VOIP conference calling. There's a bunch of free conference calling systems, like right. a ton, right? Uber Conference has an amazing talk trigger, which is that their on hold music is friggin' hilarious, dude. Hilarious. That song was written by their co-founder and CEO, Alex, and it is really, really funny. It is like genuinely, objectively funny. Yeah. If you go in social media and you look for, or, or G2 Crowd or Trust Radius or any of those, and you do a search for Uber Conference plus hold music, you'll see like all kinds of customers telling that story. People saying, look, the only reason I use these guys is because the on hold music is so funny. Now, that is an operational choice that they made that creates conversation. They could have just done lame, smooth jazz like everybody else, but they didn't. Right. And that decision is the story that their customers tell. Why? Because the story of their regular business isn't frankly worthy of a story, mm. right? At this point, it's 2019 to say, guess what? I can do a conference call for free. That's yeah. not a story. That hasn't been a story for several years. Right. So the talk trigger is the thing that you feed your customers. It's not the only thing you do. It's not your whole business, but it's the thing that you feed them for them to talk about. I love that example. It's funny. We use Uber Conference for a lot of the other podcast interviews as well. And I, sometimes it's so crazy. I don't want people to be on the call at the right moment because I want to hear that. I know. I know. You're like, wait, we'll just start the show in a couple of minutes. Yeah. I want to listen to the end of the song. Like it's that good, right? It it's good. really amazing. I, and I did not know that their, uh, their founders kind of uh, put that together. Yeah, he wrote the song. He was a musician as well. And so we have a long case study about it in the book. It's, it's pretty great. You'll love it. That is fantastic. That's fantastic. Now, one, one of the things I always wondered about, especially word of mouth, as you said, like, you know, it is by accident, a lot of people get mm -hmm. to it, not by thinking through it. Are there other examples in like the B2B MarTech space that, that you think about, like, you know what, these guys are actually doing some tons. Yeah, tons. You know who has a really good one? We didn't write it up in the book because it violates one of our four rules, uh, which is repeatable. And repeatable means that every customer has access to it, right? Everybody gets the same on hold music at Uber conference. It's not just your best customers. It's not just on their renewal date. It's everybody. That's one of our, one of our mandates. But one of my favorite examples, which violates that mandate, but is still terrific, is Amazon Web Services. AWS has this crazy talk trigger where if you are in a region where they have added capacity, they've added servers, they've added to the data center, their costs go down as their scale goes up. Now, what most companies will do is they're like, great our net costs are lower, we just made more profit. What AWS does is they'll just send you an email, say, hey, guess what, Sangram, we uh, added some capacity here at our data center, so starting next month, your price goes down. Yeah. They just proactively lower your price, yeah. which you're like, what are you talking about? Like, that that's never happens. And that's a really good example of, of somebody doing something that your customers don't expect. And that's one of the key principles to, to word of mouth is doing something that your customers don't expect. Like, I don't know all your listeners. I probably know several of them, but I know this. Nobody ever says, hey, uh, let me tell you about this perfectly adequate experience I just had. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody says that because it's a terrible story. It's not a good story to tell and it's not a good story to hear. So the stories that we tell, and part of this is just science. We talk about this in the book. As human beings, we are physiologically wired to discuss things that are different and ignore things that are average. 
So what you want to do with your talk trigger and every business of every size can do this. Like, trust me, anybody can do this. You have to find something that your customers don't expect. That's what they'll talk about. You don't expect the on hold music to be hilarious because it never is. You don't expect a company to just proactively lower your costs. That doesn't happen either, right? So you've got to find a thing that uh, you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming because that's the thing that creates the impetus to tell the story. So Jay, when I hear that, when I think about that, I wonder, is that typically done by founders, executive, Mm -hmm. is that a cultural thing? Is that like where- Great question. Bring this thing. Yeah, so we talk about this in the book that, that you have to, because it's operational, right? You have to have everybody on the bus. It's kind of a Noah's Ark approach. So what we recommend, especially for medium-sized and larger organizations, is while marketing often leads this just because it's, it's more similar to how marketers think, marketing can't do this alone. Right. right? Mar- marketing can't say, let's change the on-hold music or let's lower somebody's price or let's, you know, when we, when, we, when we send a proposal, here's one that we talked about the other day in the Facebook group of people who, are, who have read the book, you get access to the free Facebook group and you can riff with me and Daniel and other readers is really fun. Professional services company, proposal is a big part of it, right? And you say, okay, what do customers expect? They expect you to email a proposal. Well, what if instead you sent your prospect a sheet cake and you use one of those special services and the frosting on the cake was created to look like the cover of your proposal. The actual proposal was printed out and put in a plastic sleeve underneath the cake so that in order to access your proposal, your prospect had to eat an entire cake. Now, would that create a story? Yes. Yes, it would, right? So that is a, a, a genuinely legitimate talk trigger idea. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that marketing might create as a, as a concept, but can't implement single-handedly. So what you want to do to answer your question is have a talk triggers group that works on this. Marketing, sales, customer success, ops if you have it, finance, legal. Mm-hmm. That's the group, generally speaking, that has to kind of get it sorted out. There's a very detailed process in the book for how to create and test, very important, test talk triggers. It's the same exact process we use at Convince and Convert when we build talk triggers for, for brands all over the world. We just took our process and, and gave it away in a book. Once you kind of have it, like this is the one we want to take to market, we want to test, then if the founders haven't been involved uh, so far, then you take it to them because you're exactly right. Like they have to, they got to get on board because yeah. one of the four key uh, requirements of a talk trigger is it must be relevant. Yeah. It has to make sense contextually for who you are and what you are. Can I tell you a little story about that? Yeah, please. One of the most famous talk triggers in the world is from Doubletree Hotels. Yeah. They give everybody a warm chocolate chip cookie when they check in. They've been doing it every day for 30 years. Today, as we're having this conversation, they will distribute about 75,000 cookies worldwide. A lot of cookies. <laughs> now, Daniel and I did four separate, comprehensive, very expensive research projects for Talk Triggers. One of our research projects was a large national study of DoubleTree guests. We discovered that 34% of them have told a story about the cookie to somebody else in the last 30 days. If you break that down, what that means is that on average, that story about the cookie is told 22,500 times a day. Crazy. Now, on a related front, when's the last time you saw a Doubletree ad? Not really. Not really, right? Because the cookie is the ad and yeah. the guests are the marketing department, which is what a talk trigger can do for you. The best way to grow any business, any business, is for your customers to grow it for you. 
I mean, yes, obviously we spend a lot of time on sales and marketing, spend a lot of time thinking about ABM, but ultimately all of that works way better and way more affordably if your customers are out there banging the drum for you. Yeah. It makes sense for Doubletree in particular because their brand positioning is the warm welcome. Yeah. There's 14 hotels in the Doubletree portfolio. You have Conrad, the regular Hilton, Hilton Garden Inn, Hampton Inn, blah, 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 blah. Doubletree is one of those. They each have their own brand positioning. Theirs is the warm welcome. They want to own that like seven minutes between when you walk into the hotel and when you walk into your room. So they put more time, money, effort into lobby design than most hotels at that price point. They train their front, front desk people more than most hotels in that price point. And, and the cookie ceremony, and it really is a ceremony. They, they have to, they turn, they take it out of the oven they, in a paper bag and they hand it to you hand to hand. The hand to hand pass yeah. is brand standard. It must be done that way. They, they cannot just like put a cookie on a tray. They have to hand it to you. That's yeah. part of how they do it. The warm welcome, warm cookie. See, it all, it all makes sense, right? Cool. If it was, guess what? You go to the double tree and you get to ride an elephant. Yeah. Like it just like, that's different for sure, but it doesn't really make sense, right? right. So it has to kind of add up. And that's uh-huh. why founders have to really be involved ultimately because it's their DNA, right? They, they, set, they set the cultural tone. So they have to say, yes, this is kind of how we feel. Uber flips in the book too. Yeah. Uber flips an example of talkable attitude where everything they do is just a little bit wild, just a little bit wacky. It's all hot pink. You know, yeah. that's a choice that, that Randy and Yove have made. It's an operational decision. And, and it serves them very, very well. But you very couldn't well. do it with the founders not being on board. Totally. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to, as always, I take like tons of notes. Here yes, sir. Two, three pages. I'm going to try to recap. Are you giving those notes away? You should be taking those notes and, and, and then Maybe you're having a an, book. <laughs> no, not a book, but just putting it on the show notes page for the podcast or, or, or emailing them out to people who want them every week. That's what I would do. It's a great asset. Oh, man. That's, I mean, I, I, it's the thing I do, I, what I, I really, I do this for the most selfish reason possible. Yes, I want everybody to listen and stuff, but I learn so much. Like every time I do a podcast, my team knows that I'm going to come to them and tell them something. <laughs> and they're like, oh no, we did a podcast. Now we're going to do another. Me too. I mean, we're on episode 350 of Social Pros. Uh, I've been doing it for almost nine years, right? And I learn something every week. Every week. Like it's one of the most beautiful things in the channel to connect, build relationship and learn. There's nothing better than this. All right. So I'm, what I'm going to do is just share Maybe I mean, there's so many points. There's maybe like two or three really big ideas here. Yep. And I would love for you to share a challenge for somebody to go and create this talk trigger. Yeah. All right. Yep. So number one, we talked about at the top of this podcast was figure out what the pulse of your brand is. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's an important thing for people to go back. If you can go back and look at how your organization operates, what are the touch points and how do you monitor, measure, and even think about the pulse. And if you yes. don't know what the pulse of your customer is, then you don't know the pulse of your brand. And that is a, a big challenge for you yourself. That's just one thing was so strong. The second point, the stat that you shared, that 91% of the purchase decisions in B2B are influenced by word of mouth. 91%, that's almost 100% there. So are we creating word of mouth by accident or on purpose? I feel like that was a big idea. I, I think we are not doing a great job of on purpose. So you made me think something that I'm about to run out of this room to my team and say that, what are we doing here? So that was great. Uh, the other part that I, I want to bring up as the third point would be to whatever we're doing, are we doing something that our customers don't expect? Mm-hmm. That's the only way to be differentiated in the marketplace. You shared the example of Doubletree. You shared the example of Amazon proactively giving people. I mean, those are all examples of like, they didn't have to do that. They could no. 
could be totally okay. And just like all the other businesses, they could still be profitable. Like there are other businesses that are profitable, but they may not be wildly successful as they are today because, because of what, what they choose. So it has to be a process. And the big thought there is it has to be operationalized in the process. It's not That's just it. this one guy. No. And it's not, it's not a one-off. It's not just like, hey, we're going to do, like there's a big difference between going viral yeah. and having a word of mouth strategy. Yeah. Right. This is not a book about going viral. This is not a book about surprise and delight. This is not a book about PR stunts. This is a book about doing something different every day that pays conversational dividends every day, week, month, quarter, and year. This yeah. is about giving your customers a story to tell that they will hopefully tell forever. Look, Uber conferences have the same on hold music for a, years, years and years and years and years and years. Right. It's not like what's our on hold music this month. Yeah. You know, if you get it right, you can run this way into the future. I mean, Doubletree has been doing the cookie thing for 30 years, man, 30 yeah. years. So, so this isn't about, hey, what can we do by Monday uh, to make sure that we get a bunch of clicks? That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I love that. All right, so what's the one challenge you want to share with everybody? All right, the, the worst way to do a talk trigger <laughs> is the way everybody wants to do it, which is to sit in a conference room and brainstorm it. And if it was that easy, you'd already have one. Mm. You cannot do this without customer input. And we break this down in the book in, in great detail, but I'll, I'll just touch on how to do it briefly. What you want to do is 18 customer interviews, 18, six each of these three categories, new customers, longtime customers, lost customers. You interview six of each of those and you ask them the same question, which is at this point of your customer journey, what did you expect would happen? When we sent you a proposal, what did you expect would happen? When we sent you a renewal paperwork, what would you expect would happen, et cetera? Because what you're trying to do, Sangram, is, is create a customer expectations matrix. Once you know what people expect through this series of interviews, you by definition know what they do not expect. And the talk trigger, the gold in the river, lies where they don't expect it. Yeah. So once you get the customer input, then you can start going through the process of coming up with some cool ideas, but not before. I love, I love that because this, this anxiety and a thought, especially that I'm feeling right now is to just go do something, right? Of course. Yeah. Let, of course. Cupcakes, like right now, right? And, I know. <laughs> all that stuff. And, uh, and you also have to test it. And that's another big part of the book. Like you should not just roll this out, right? You should absolutely come up with an idea that meets all the conditions of the book and then test it to every nth customer, customer of a certain product, certain region, however you want to segment that, but you want to test it, measure it, and then if it works, roll it out to the enterprise. Fantastic. Jay, as always, love it. Thanks uh, so much. Talk triggers, go get it on Amazon. Mine, I did the recording right before it's in shipping, so I can't wait to actually- No worries. But I actually, and I know you talked about having your, your team read it. If you go to talktriggers.com, there's tons of free resources there. There's group discussion guides. There's, you can download a PowerPoint presentation so you can discuss it on your, with your team. There's infographics, there's videos, there's all kinds of free stuff. It's very utility, as you might suspect. We also are rolling out in just three weeks, February 1st, the Talk Triggers course, the, the word of mouth marketing masterclass taught by me and Daniel, where we can actually work with you over 12 weeks to build out your actual Talk Trigger for your company. We're super psyched about that. Last thing I'll tell you is that there is a Talk Trigger for the book Talk Triggers, which <laughs> Makes sense, right? It would be kind of weird if there wasn't. And it's this, anybody who buys the book, if you don't like it, you just send us a note and we'll buy you any other book you want. Any wow. book. 
if you want a first edition Bible or whatever, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll find one. Uh, so, so you have no risk. You can buy, you, there's absolutely no risk to, uh, to buying this book. I love that, man. That is a good talk trigger. See? I, 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 I should have taken up on you on that one already, but now, <laughs> no, now you know. <laughs> no, no. All right, man, Jay, thank you so much. All right, take care. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.